Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, a modern rendering. Chapter 7 Baba's actions were a mystery. Baba knew all yoga practices. He was well versed in the six processes, including Dauti Yoga, Kandana Yoga, and Samadhi. If you think he was a Hindu, he looked like a Muslim. If you think him to be a Muslim, he looked like a pious Hindu. No one knew whether he was a Hindu or a Muslim. He celebrated the Hindu festival of Ramanavami with all due formalities and at the same time permitted the sandal procession of the Muslims. He encouraged wrestling bouts in the festival and gave good prizes to winners. When the Hindu festival of Gokul Ashtami came, he had the Gopalakala ceremony duly performed, and on Id, the Muslim festival, he led Muslims to say their namaj in his masjid. Once, during the Moharram festival, some Muslims proposed to construct a tabut in the masjid, keep it there for some days, and afterwards take it in a procession through the village. Baba allowed the tabut to stay for four days, and on the fifth day removed it from the masjid without the least compunction. If we say that he was a Muslim, his ears were pierced according to the Hindu fashion, if you think he was a Hindu, he advocated the practice of circumcision, though, according to Nana Saheb, who observed him closely, he was not circumcised. If you call him Hindu, he lived in a masjid. If Muslim, he always had a duni, and things which are contrary to the Muslim religion, such as grinding on the hand mill, blowing of the conch, ringing of bells, offering to the fire, bhajans, giving of food, and worshipping Baba's feet with water. If you think he was a Muslim, the best of Brahmins and Agnihotris, leaving aside their orthodox ways, fell prostrate at his feet. Those who went to make inquiries about his nationality were rendered speechless and were captivated by his darshan. No one could decide definitely whether Sai Baba was a Hindu or a Muslim. Malsapati, who always slept with Baba in the masjid and Chavadi, said that Baba told him that he was a Brahmin from Patari and was handed over to a fakir in his infancy. This was shared when men from Patari had come, and Baba was inquiring about some men from that place. No one could decide definitely whether Sai Baba was Hindu or Muslim. This is no wonder, 
for he who completely surrenders himself to the Lord by getting rid of egoism and body consciousness becomes one with him and has nothing to do with questions of caste or nationality. Such a person was Sai Baba, who saw no difference between castes or human beings. He took meat and fish with fakirs, but did not grumble when dogs touched the dishes with their mouths. Such a unique and wonderful incarnation was Sai Baba. On account of the merits in my past birth, I had the good fortune to sit at his feet and enjoy his blessed company. The joy and delight I derived was incomparable. In fact, Sai Baba was pure consciousness and bliss. I cannot sufficiently describe him, his greatness or uniqueness, he was established in his own self. Many sannyasis, sadhakas, and all sorts of men aspiring for liberation came to Baba. He walked, talked, and laughed with them, and always uttered, Allah Malik, God is one. He never liked discussion or arguments. He was always calm and controlled, though irritable at times, always preaching Vedanta. Until the end, nobody knew who Baba was. Both princes and poor people were treated alike by him. He knew the innermost secrets of all, and when he gave expression to them, all were surprised. Although he was the repository of all knowledge, he feigned ignorance. He disliked honor. Such were the characteristics of Baba. Though he had a human body, his deeds testified to his godhood. Everyone in Shirdi considered him to be the Lord incarnated. Baba's Miracles Fool that I am, I cannot describe Baba's miracles. He had almost all the temples in Shirdi repaired. Through Tatya, the temples of Shani, Ganapati, Shankar Parvati, the village deity, and Maruti were put in order. Baba's charity was remarkable. The money he used to collect his dakshina was freely distributed, 20 rupees to some, 15 or 50 to others, every day. The recipients received this as charity and Baba wished that it be used properly. People immensely benefited by having Baba's darshan. Some became healthy and hardy, 
wicked people were turned into good ones. Leprosy was cured in some cases. Many had their desires fulfilled. Some blind men had their sight restored without any drops or medicine being put in their eyes. And some who were lame were able to walk. No one could see the limit to Baba's greatness. His fame spread far and wide, and pilgrims from all directions flocked to Shirdi. Baba always sat near the duni and in meditation, sometimes going without a bath. He used to tie a white turban on his head and wear a clean dhoti round his waist and a shirt on his body. This was his dress in the beginning. He started practicing medicine in the village, examining patients and giving medicine. He was always successful and so became famous as a doctor. A curious case is narrated here. One devotee's eyes were quite red and swollen. No doctor was available in Shirdi, so some devotees took him to Baba. Other doctors would use ointments, colirium, cow's milk, and camphorated drugs in such cases. But Baba's remedy was quite unique. He pounded some nuts and cardamom together and made two balls, put one on each eye of the patient, and wrapped a bandage around the eyes. Next day, the bandage was removed and water was poured in a stream over the eyes. The inflammation subsided and the pupils became white and clear. Though the eyes are very delicate, the remedy caused no irritation, but instead removed the disease of the eyes. Many such cases were cured, and this is only one instance. Baba's Yoga Practices Baba knew all the processes and practices of yoga. Two of them are described here. Dauti Yoga Every third day, Baba walked a considerable distance from the masjid to the well near the banyan tree, washed his mouth and had a bath. On one occasion, he was seen to vomit out his intestines, clean them inside and outside, and place them on a tree for drying. There are people in Shirdi who actually saw this and have testified to this fact. Ordinary doughty is done with a moistened piece of linen, three inches wide and twenty-two and a half inches long. This piece of cloth is gulped down the throat, allowed to remain in the stomach for about a half an hour, and then taken out. But Baba's doughty was quite unique and extraordinary. Kandana Yoga In this practice, Baba removed the limbs from his body and left them at different places in the masjid. 
Once a gentleman went to the masjid and saw Baba's limbs lying around in separate places. He was terrified. His first thought was to run to the village officers to inform them Baba had been murdered and hacked to pieces. But he feared he would be held responsible as he was the first informant and knew something of the affair. So he kept silent. But next day, when he went to the masjid, he was very much surprised to see Baba, healthy, hearty, and as sound as before. He thought that what he saw the previous day was only a dream. Baba had practiced yoga since infancy, and nobody knew or guessed the proficiency he attained. He charged no fees for his cures and became renowned and famous by virtue of his merits. He restored health to many a poor and suffering person. This famous doctor of doctors cared not for his own interests, but always worked for the good and welfare of others. Though he suffered unbearable and terrible pain, many a time in the process. One such instance I will give, which will show the all-pervasive and most merciful character of Sai Baba. Baba saves child through his duni. In the year 1910, Baba was sitting warming himself near his duni on the Diwali holiday. He was pushing firewood into the duni, which was burning brightly. A little later, instead of pushing logs, Baba pushed his arm into the duni. His arm was burned immediately. Madhava and Shama watched this happen. Immediately they ran to Baba, and Madhava clasped Baba from behind by his waist and pulled him backwards forcibly then asked, Deva, why have you done this? Then Baba came to his senses and replied, The wife of a blacksmith at a distant place was working the bellows of a furnace when her husband called her. Forgetting that her child was on her waist, she got up hastily and the child slipped into the furnace. I immediately thrust my hand into the furnace and saved the child. I do not mind my arm being burned. I am glad that the life of the child is saved. Baba refuses doctor treatment for his burn. On hearing the news of Baba's arm being burned, Nana Saheb rushed to Shirdi accompanied by the famous Dr. Parmanand of Mumbai, with his medical kit consisting of ointments, lint, and bandages. He requested Baba to allow Dr. Parmanand to examine the arm and dress the wound. This was refused. Ever after, the burned arm was then dressed by the leper devotee, Bhagaji Shinde. 
His treatment consisted of massaging the burned part of Baba's arm with ghee and then placing a leaf over it and wrapping it tightly with bandages. Nana Sahib asked Baba many a time to unfasten the bandages and get the wound examined, dressed, and treated by Dr. Parmanand with the intent for it to heal quickly. Dr. Parmanand himself made similar requests, but Baba put it off, saying that Allah was his doctor and did not allow his arm to be examined. Although Dr. Parmanand's medicines did not see the light of day in Shirdi, he had the good fortune of having Baba's darshan. Only Bhagaji was allowed to treat the arm daily. After some days, the arm healed, and everyone was happy. Still, we do not know whether any trace of pain was left or not. Every morning, Bhagaji went through his program of loosening the bandages, massaging the arm with ghee, and tightening the bandage again. This went on till Baba's samadhi. Baba, a perfect siddha as he was, did not really want this treatment, but out of love to his devotee, allowed Bhagaji's service to go on uninterrupted. When Baba started for Lindy, Bhagaji held an umbrella over him and accompanied him. Every morning when Baba sat near the post close to the duni, Bhagaji was present and started his service. Bhagaji was a sinner in his past birth. He was suffering from leprosy. His fingers had shrunk. His body was full of pus and smelling badly. Though outwardly he seemed so unfortunate, he was really very lucky and happy, for he was the premier servant of Baba and had the benefit of his company. Baba suffers for his devotees. I shall now relate another instance of Baba's wonderful Leela. Mrs. Kaparde was staying at Shirdi with her young son for some days. One day her son got a high fever, which then developed into bubonic plague. The mother was very frightened and uneasy. She thought of leaving for her village and went to Baba in the evening to ask him permission while he was making his evening rounds near the Wada, now the Samadhi Mandir. She informed him in a trembling tone that her dear young son was down with plague. Baba spoke kindly and softly to her saying that the sky is beset with clouds, but they will dissolve, and everything will be smooth and clear. So saying, he lifted his coffney up to the waist and showed everyone there four fully developed boils, as big as eggs, and added, See how I have to suffer for my devotees. Their difficulties are mine. Seeing this unique and extraordinary deed, 
the people were shown how the saints suffer for their devotees. The heart of a saint is softer than wax. It is soft, in and out, as butter. They love their devotees without any idea of gain and regard them as their true relatives. Baba's love for his devotees. I shall now close this chapter after relating a story how Baba loved his devotees and anticipated their wishes and movements. Nana Sahib, who was a great devotee of Baba, was the revenue collector in Kandesh. His devotion to Baba bore fruit as he received a transfer to Pandapur, which he regarded as Bhuvaikunta, heaven on earth. As Nana Sahib had to take charge there immediately, he left at once without even writing or informing anybody in Shirdi. He wanted to give a surprise visit to Shirdi, his Pandapur, to see and pranam to his Vitoba, and then proceed. Nobody knew of Nana Sahib's departure for Shirdi except Baba, whose eyes were everywhere. As soon as Nana Sahib was a few miles outside of Shirdi, there was a stir in the masjid. Baba was sitting and talking with Malsapati, Apashinde, and Kashiram, when suddenly he said, Let all four of us sing bhajans. The doors of Pandapur are open. Let us sing happily. They began to sing the words of the song together. I have to go to Pandapur and stay on there, where it is the house of my Lord. Baba was singing and the devotees followed. Soon after, Nana Sahib came with his family, Pranam before Baba, and requested Baba to accompany them to Pandapur and stay with them there. This request was not necessary, as the devotees told Nana Sahib that Baba was already in the mood for going to Pandapur and staying there. Hearing this, Nana Sahib was moved and fell at Baba's feet. Then getting Baba's permission, Udi and blessings, Nana Sahib left for Pandapur. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapenaconda.org.